Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. On April 14, 1912, in the North Atlantic Ocean, the mighty ship Titanic sank. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. The new century was only a dozen years old, but already the world seemed somehow different, at once more hopeful and more fearful than ages past. The White Star Line's Titanic was an emblem of the new era, the product of human hands thought to be a miracle of ingenuity and of engineering. The Titanic was a kind of Gilded Age creation setting sail in the progressive era. It was the largest ship ever, heralded by some as unsinkable. Titanic left Southampton, England on April 10th. There were 2,208 people on board, 908 of them members of the crew. At 11.40 p.m. on Sunday night, April 14th, 1912, the ship struck an iceberg. Listen to the words of Walter Lord, author of the classic A Night to Remember. High in the crow's nest of the new White Star Liner Titanic, lookout Frederick Fleet peered into a dazzling night. It was calm, clear, and bitterly cold. There was no moon, but the cloudless sky blazed with stars. The Atlantic was like polished plate glass. People later said they had never seen it so smooth. Suddenly, Fleet saw something directly ahead, even darker than the darkness. At first it was small, about the size, he thought, of two tables put together. But every second it grew larger and closer. Quickly Fleet banged the crow's nest bell three times, the warning of danger ahead. At the same time he lifted the phone and rang the bridge. What did you see? asked a calm voice at the other end. Iceberg right ahead, replied Fleet. Iceberg right ahead. And so began the brief last chapter of the story of the Titanic. The resulting disaster was both slow and quick. By 2.24 a.m., the wreckage would strike the ocean floor, roughly 12,500 feet below water level, or 2.4 miles. 1,503 people died. William F. Buckley Jr. participated in a dive to the wreckage in 1987 and wrote this. There came early on the philosophizing of it all. By conceiving a vessel of such errant luxury and size, we Lilliputians had stirred the attention of the gods, who stretched out an admonitory finger, casually but sternly to remind us that we are mortals and ought not to engage in extra-human conceits. 
The Great War came and gradually the memory of the Titanic receded. Though always there were the full-time practitioners, however sparse at times they seemed. The first issue of the journal issued by the Titanic Historical Society got only 45 subscribers. But the legend was rekindled by Walter Lord stirring a night to remember and by the movies and the television reenactments of that night to remember. Buckley was right about the search for meaning in the tragedy. Recent generations have seen the Titanic as the setting for a doomed love story, thanks to James Cameron's box office spectacular released in 1997. I remember going to see the movie in the South that Christmas and being nearly overrun by crying teenage girls who were fleeing the theater in sorrow. The hold of the story more than a century on is about both the human dimensions, the hubris of the ignored ice warnings, the too few lifeboats, and the larger themes of man versus nature and human design versus fate. The sinking of the Titanic underscored the fragility of life, the precariousness of human endeavor, the limits of control. It was also an example of what we now call 24-7 news coverage. Newspapers went wild for the story, which had a bit of everything. Glamour, many rich and famous people had been on board, including John Jacob Astor, tragedy, death, and survivors willing to tell the tale. Walter Lord observed, before the Titanic, all was quiet. Afterward, all was tumult. That is why, to anybody who lived at the time, the Titanic, more than any other single event, marks the end of the old days and the beginning of a new, uneasy era. And in a sense, that new, uneasy era has not yet ended. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge and Chris Basil. Production assistance and operations by Paige Heimson, Andy Jaskowitz, Adam Macias, and Kelly Rafferty. Research assistance by Sarah Jean Caver. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From m and rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.